Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Well, welcome to the Dollars and Cents Show. This is Carol Topp, back with another episode helping homeschool leaders run their organization successfully. And today we're going to talk about recruiting leaders for your homeschool co-op. Oh, that's not very easy, is it? <laughs> so I devoted a chapter to recruiting volunteers, um, other leaders to help you lead in my book, Homeschool Co-ops, How to Start Them, Run Them, and Not Burn Out. And the reason you need to recruit other people to help you run your homeschool group is because you can't do it all alone. <laughs> you know, something may happen to you. Um, burnout is what's going to happen if you try to do everything. But, you know, you may uh, need to step down for all kinds of reasons. Um, you know, you're not able to keep up with doing everything. You may have illness. You may have a, God forbid, but a child get ill and just can't continue in leading the homeschool group. And if you're the one of the one or one of only two people in leadership, the group might fold. And therefore, a lot of families are going to be disappointed and a lot of children are not going to get the wonderful service that, that you offer. So you, you need to you know, build a deeper bench, ladies and gentlemen. Have other people come alongside you to help you lead this group. And that's not just good advice, okay? That's that's the way God designed things. <laughs> and I got proof. All right. Uh, whether you have a Christian homeschool co-op or not, you can learn from the example in the Old Testament from the book of Exodus. There's a great story of how Moses, who you know, led the slave enslaved Israelites out of Egypt and then became basically their leader as they wandered the desert for 40 years um, before they entered the, the promised land, the, the land of Israel. What happened was, you know, he, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people Moses was leading, but he was basically the man in charge. And his father-in-law came to visit him out in the desert where they, where they uh, were camping. And here's what Exodus 18 says, and it's kind of interesting. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Okay. But it says Moses took his seat and he served as a judge for the people and the people stood around him all morning until evening. And Moses' father-in-law saw what Moses is doing and says, what are you doing? And why are you alone sitting here as judge? And why all these people stand around you until evening? And Moses says, because the people are coming to me to seek God's will. Okay. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, I decide, I tell them what God's decrees and laws are, and that's how Moses was doing his job, day until evening. Moses' father-in-law looks at it and says, nope. <laughs> he says, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you, we're only going to wear yourself out. You're, the work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. I hope you hear that, dear homeschool leader. If Moses, you know, patriarch of the faith, excellent leader, couldn't do it alone, and even didn't even see it, he needed to have an outsider, his father-in-law, come and tell him, this is not good what you're doing. So then he gave, God gave Moses advice through his very wise father-in-law, and Moses was equally wise and listened to it. But basically, he said, 
you need to get some people. Go go out to the people, look for leaders of the people, and, and break it down into groups and thousands, hundreds, fifties, and, and tens. Have them serve as judges over the people, and then they only bring the difficult cases to you. So I recommend you do something similar in your homeschool group. Divide up the tasks. And, and I know you think they can't be divided up, but they can. <laughs> Just got to be a little creative. And, and then recruit some people to help you. And I've got some tips for that. Okay. Um, I know you think that no one wants to volunteer. And someone sometimes this is true. You know, homeschool moms are overwhelmed, right? They have the responsibility of, you know, teaching their own children as well as being a mother. Some of them are working outside of the home, trying to manage the home. And you ask them to start pitching in and volunteering and you're not going to get anywhere, right? They might not be understanding that, if, especially if you're running a homeschool co-op, that their participation is required. So make sure you're very clear about that when people join. You know, we're a homeschool co-op. This is not a school. You drop your kids off and go do, go back home, do what you want, or go to work. No. You are homeschool parents. So this is a, you know, our group is here to come alongside and help you, but we're not replacement for you, you know, teaching your own kids. Um, I hope that's what you're telling them. I hope that's true in your group. You should not try to take over the responsibility of homeschooling other people's children. That's their responsibility as the homeschool parent, not yours, not your co-ops. You could come alongside and encourage and assist them, but you're not the, the homeschool parent. But when you're trying to recruit people to help you, uh, I've got some tips. One of the one of the tips I have is I think works the best is to announce globally but ask personally. So this is typically um, how it might work in a, in a homeschool organization. Hopefully you have a gathering or, or at least an email where you make announcements. All right. So you announce globally. Uh, we are in the process of recruiting new volunteers for our board or recruiting, you know, if you have a specific job, recruiting someone to lead you know, our graduation ceremony or recruiting someone to lead our field trips, something like that. Okay, so everybody knows you're on the lookout and it's kind of prepared, but then I really encourage you to seek out people. I'm going to give you a few things to look for, but ask personally. Um, that really is how I've been recruited every time I've served on something. I, I, there was sometimes a general announcement, but then I was asked personally. And one of my um, uh, leaders of my homeschool co-op, boy, she was smart, okay? She said to me, yeah, called me up and said, Carol, I'm leading the co-op next year, and I am trying to recruit the best people to help me and serve on the leadership team, and I want you. You know, and so she complimented me. She, she went into it a little bit more, but she said that, you know, she complimented me, said I was one of the best, <laughs> and she wanted talented people around her. Um, maybe she had a few other nice things she said, but boy, butter me up. And I'm, shoot, I'll do just about anything. <laughs> but it's really true. If you look at people's strengths and you compliment them and, and reveal that you know their strengths, they're more likely to be acceptable, be open to the idea of helping you because you're trying to gather talented people around you, you know? You don't want to say, gee, I'm desperate. No, you don't want to give that impression. You want to say, I'm trying to recruit 
really strong leaders, really mature people, really wise people, and I want you. Woo! Okay, goes really far. Then, the, outside of personally asking, defining their tasks specifically is very, very important when recruiting people. So you would say, we are recruiting a treasurer, and her job duty is, and then you explain briefly what a treasurer would do to, uh, you know, make deposits and pay reimbursements, as well as give a report to the board of how we're doing financially, something like that, okay? Or we're trying to recruit uh, the field trip coordinator, or we're trying to do some fundraising and we want someone to, to lead that effort. So you define the task very specifically, okay? Because then that helps them know I'm not going to be able, having to do everything. I'm, I'm going to narrow things down and, and do only specific jobs. I really like the idea of the, the board being uh, relatively small, you know, about three to five, maybe seven people, but three to five people, but then farming out a lot of responsibility to committees. Um, you can have all kinds of committees. You can have a committee for different events. Um, maybe a hospitality committee who deals with new people coming in or makes the place comfortable in some way. The financial committee should be one, and that's not necessarily the fundraising committee. That should maybe be a different committee, maybe a membership committee, meaning they deal with, I don't know, everything involved with, you know, members. Maybe a committee that defines or welcomes new people. Maybe a committee that uh, does the field trips or is a legislative liaison if you guys like to keep involved in what's going on in the homeschooling movement. Maybe a committee that does registration or picks the classes for next year. All kinds of different committees. And these are short-term assignments, usually short-term, um, very well-defined, okay? So the load is spread among many people. So when you're looking for these leaders, how about some tips on what you're looking for? Well, you're looking for somebody for, who, first of all, is has been involved in your homeschool organization for at least a semester. So you get to know them and they get to know you. Obviously, someone coming in brand new shouldn't be expected to be in leadership. A lot of uh, groups don't like someone to be in leadership till they've been there a full year. So that, you know, you they get the feel of what your group is like and you get the feel of where their skills and talents lie. This person um, needs to be obviously willing to attend the board meetings uh, or and or committee meetings. They need to be uh, a good listener, um, analyze data as it comes in, think clearly, rationally, not emotionally, <laughs> not reactive. Uh, they need to work well with people. Um, individually as well as in a group. If they've had other experience working on committees or being on a church board, that's fabulous because they will understand how decisions are made by groups. They'll understand the process of, you know, uh, making motions and voting on them or, you know, not consensus is not always possible, but majority rules. And um, they also need to be able to keep their mouth shut <laughs> to know when it is inappropriate to share things for the whole group. In other words, you don't air uh, detailed explanations of every board meeting to the members at large. You know, they need to be able to put forward a front that says the board has decided we need to increase, you know, our fees, for example, even if they were in a disagreement with that, they don't go airing that. They, they have to have the ability to say, uh, when we leave the board meeting, we present 
a united front to the rest of the organization. They need to obviously be honest. <laughs> they need to have integrity and a sense of values. And most one of the most important is they need to be able to put the needs of the organization ahead of their own personal needs. This is called the duty of loyalty, that the loyalty is to the organization first. They should also have understand, and I write about this in, in my homeschool co-ops book as well as on my homeschool CPA blog post, that board members need to have a duty of care, duty of management, um, duty of loyalty to the organization. So overall, you're looking for people who are basically kind of, you know, and mature, level-headed, can make good decisions, um, uh, committed to your group, and available to help. Just about everything else can be learned. <laughs> okay. Obviously, in the secretary position, you want someone who's good at note-taking and record-keeping and, uh, you know, managing papers. The treasurer ought to have some good skills in um, money management and um, data, you know, numbers. They can learn a lot, though, especially my book, uh, called Money Management in a Homeschool Organization. They can learn a lot about the specifics of homeschool record keeping there. I also have some other blog posts about the duties of, a, of an organization, the duty of care, the duty of loyalty, the duty of obedience. They are in um, my book on homeschool co-ops. And additionally, they're in a new product I released recently um, in late 2017, and it's called the Homeschool Board Manual, Homeschool Organization Board Manual. And, and what this is, is it's a, it's a template, it's a Word document that you can customize there because it's a Word document for your specific group. But what it is, is a template to build a board manual. And this board manual or board binder would be the place where the important papers are kept. Um, you know, the, the minutes of the meetings and the financial statements and important documents you get from the government and all this important stuff to run an organization. But the board manual, the template that I sell, also has some helpful information like I'm talking about on the website here, but what is your purpose statement, how to build that purpose statement, or, you know, what are the duties of a homeschool, any kind of nonprofit leader you know, that duty of care and duty of loyalty and things like that. And so I, you know, I strongly recommend you take a little bit of time at each of your board meeting to start discussing some of these things. Do you know what it takes to be a board member? You know, um, how are we doing with recruiting? How are we doing with welcoming people or explaining what the duties are to new board members as they join? Or how are we, how are we doing at looking at assigning small tasks to committees because it's from those committees and people who do a small task well that you're going to find the next person to bring onto your board and entrust them with more responsibility. That's why farming small jobs out to committees is a real good, real good idea on many, many fronts. You can't do everything, ladies and gentlemen. You can't control everything. You've got to trust like Moses had to trust passing down some of the responsibility to other people. Um, hopefully you're going to find lots of qualified people in your group. Sometimes they're going to disappoint you, but for the most part, most people, if you define the task well, will rise to the occasion and you will be so grateful for more help as you run your homeschool group. 
Well, I hope this podcast has been helpful. Make sure you check out my website, homeschoolcpa.com, especially my book on homeschool co-ops. If you've been running a co-op for a while, it's still a good book for you because most of the bulk of the book is about running a co-op successfully. I hope that and these podcasts uh, are very helpful to you. Thanks. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.